This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Coming up next on 2NURFM, we'll be talking travel with Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein, and we're looking at Dreamliner. Hmm, sounds like a song, doesn't it? Well, there's a bit more to it than that. We'll find out in just a moment. And the top tens there on the agenda as well. Sally, Dreamliner, explain, please. Explain, please. It sounds a little bit like a ship, doesn't it, actually? I oh, thought. does it? Yes. Yeah, Dreamliner, but Song no. Or a ship, but no. No, it's the new Boeing 787. Ooh. Which Qantas has had on order for some time, and Boeing is behind on getting these aircraft produced and out. However, all Nippon Airways in Japan has actually received the first of its B787s a couple of weeks ago. But I just thought I'd explain to people the differences between this new aircraft or the benefits, I guess I could call them, of this new aircraft. So what is going to happen here is that cabin pressure will be as encountered normally at ground level, so which means that reduces headaches and fatigue. And at present, um, aircraft are pressurised, so the atmosphere is similar to that encountered at um, 8,000 feet. So that's going to be a whole lot of difference. Air will be of normal humidity, not super dry as it is now. And air quality will be further improved because they pass it through a gaseous filtration system, uh, removing all traces of odour or contaminants. So it's generally going to be much more pleasant. Well, it is, definitely. And they're actually going to be equipped with the equivalent of airborne stabilisers like you get on ships, like you have a stabiliser to keep the ship under control on rough weather. So the planes have um, what they call a vertical gust suppression system to reduce the effect of moderate turbulence. So um, this is going to say produce an eightfold reduction of the number of passengers suffering motion sickness. So another interesting thing, isn't it? It also is going to dispense with pull-down window shades and the window will dim at the flick of a switch until virtually opaque. So the external world will just only be just be able to be discerned, but you're not blocking it out completely. Um, so this is quite amazing. And even for those on the ground, particularly those people living around airports, they are saying that the B787 is so quiet that the noise it makes is contained within the airport. Mm. So flying over houses? And even for us inside the aircraft, you know how your summer aircraft, depending on what type of aircraft you get a lot of engine noise and even with ear, ear, you know earphones it can sometimes be difficult to block that that high whine or high engine noise out so you're not going to suffer from that either so this is quite incredible isn't it so there's going to be lots of tweaks and changes to make uh, traveling easier and even if you have an aisle seat apparently you can you'll be able to stand in front of your seat to load your baggage into the overhead locker rather than needing to stand in the aisle. So it will eliminate people queuing up and trying to get to seats. Mm-hmm. So all sorts of advances that, that will help. Um, and apparently they'll open with a, a sliding lever that opens quite easily. There'll, there'll be LED mood lighting and the cabin layout is definitely going to be more spacious. So we can't wait to get them here. And where are they coming to? Well, as I said, all Nippon Airways in Japan has received them. We are going to be getting them, uh, Qantas. But initially, they're going to be going to Jetstar, which quite amazed me. So the first couple of deliveries will be going to Jetstar. But there's orders. Apparently, lots of airlines have got orders. And um, the manufacturer expects the airlines in Australia, New Zealand and the South Pacific to buy 970 new aircraft over the next 20 years, 50 more than it forecast a year ago. So some interesting things are going to happen afoot with the Dreamliner. With the Dreamliner. Mm. So that's an interesting little bit of info, isn't it? It certainly is. Now, top tens now. 
top tens. Well, I just thought we'd talk about some of the top tens, and there's quite a lot of them, but I'm talking about them with relation, I suppose, more to geography and travel. Um, and the world's top tourist destinations, I just thought we'd mention, and France is still up there as number one. Hmm. Um, then Spain, United States, China. This is for Australian travellers? It, uh, it's just the, the or world, just general travellers? World, world, general travellers. source has been done through the World Tourism Organisation. So um, United States was three, China four, Italy five, UK six, Mexico seven, Turkey eight, Germany nine, and then Russia. Um, now, this data was collected a couple of years ago, so that could have changed a little since then, but that's just you know, what I've been able to obtain. And some of the other top tens, now, we'll see how good everyone else is out there today if they know these little facts. The longest rivers of the world. The longest river. The top ten longest rivers in the think, world. What do you think, Jane? Oh, I'd think not in Australia. No, and which one would you select? Oh, would it be somewhere in Africa? It could easily be the Nile, couldn't it? <laughs> And then the next one is the Amazon, of course, in South America, uh, the Mississippi in the United States, um, the Yangtze then in China, the Ob in Russia, the Yellow River then in China, the Yenisei in Russia. So they've got a couple each, haven't they? They have. The Piranha in South America, and that's Parana, not Pirana. Just as well. <laughs> and then the Irtish River also in Russia, and then the Congo River in Zaire. So it's interesting, like some of those are obvious ones that people probably knew, but some of them maybe are ones that they, they didn't know. So we'll go through a few of these interesting top tens over the next few weeks and we'll talk about, you know, mountain peaks and um, islands and continents and countries and cities and populations and, and it just might help people realise where all these areas are and we'll talk a little bit about them as we as we go along each week. You're listening to Talking Travel and Sally Lucas. We're looking at something that involves a bit of culture what we know is culture with a C, probably not a K. Not the K-U-L-C-H-A culture. Uh, no, this is a company called Tauk, T-A-U-C-K Tours. They've been operating for about 85 years. They're a family company and they've always operated um, fully inclusive um, destinational holidays that really focus on the area they're going into so they don't do rushed programs um, and basically everything's included in your cost so they're an all-inclusive not hand in the pocket all the time type itinerary but what they've done they've added to their range of programs and they do go into all sorts of areas worldwide like the americas europe etc etc so and they've got this program called culturious and I thought that was quite an interesting name. So it's sort of a blend, I guess, of taking you, taking in the culture, but also taking in some adventure as well and some curious. So it's sort of a combination of these words. And basically they're saying it's aimed at active travellers. Their group sizes are 20. And they will take you into, as I said, certain destinations. They haven't got them to you everywhere yet. We've just started out with these this year. They go into Costa Rica which is quite an interesting place for them to go into. And it's quite a fascinating area. They say that it's got sort of so many um, vegetation and tropical plants there of just about more than any other country in such a condensed area. And you've got lots of um, former volcanic activity, lots of waterfalls, lots of unusual animals, lots of different and diverse flora and fauna. So quite an interesting area to travel through. And so you, you're sort of going even in, into the jungle or your accommodation, for example, if it needs to be on the beach, it's on the beach where you can just get out. Or if you're in Namibia, one of their tours goes to, you'll be staying in a hotel there that was considered the best hotel in the world in 2009. It's an actual jungle safari type 
hotel, but you're right in the middle of it. It's got all everything included in it as well. And they're actually even introducing itineraries now into France. Um, so they've started those, and they're doing Paris and the Loire Valley, which is another culturious tour, which is quite interesting. And they're also doing Provence. So you don't have to do, of course, these culturious tours if you don't want to. They do have a normal touring program as well. Worth having a look at the brochure, though, if you want to grab hold of a Tauk Tours brochure. Um, as I said, they do South Africa and Namibia as well, and they're also adding more and more destinations. They're realising that people, and we're saying this, people are getting more savvy. A lot of people that have travelled before, even the baby boomers, are still quite fit, active people who don't just want to do a seniors tour. You know, they do want to still do some activity as well as some culture and combine the two together, but they don't want to do it on a budget they want decent accommodation, they want good inclusions, good quality, and this is what you're getting with Tauk Tours. Now, the other benefit with them as well, Jane, is they're um, introducing um, single traveller opportunities, which, as you know, have been far, few and far between with a lot of companies where you have to pay almost double the share twin rate to travel as a solo traveller. So um, and I think um, they're saying maybe Eat, Pray, Love has inspired people to think they can go out on their own and have an adventure as a solo traveller. So what they're trying to do now is is come up with some itineraries where people can get reduced rates now as a solo traveller. So to give you some idea, they've got itineraries taking in Vietnam, Cambodia and Thailand, Morocco, South Africa, um, a stack of river cruises, both the Danube, um, Holland and Belgium, Black Sea, um, the Moselle, the Prague River, um, also USA and Canada. They've got itineraries taking in California, Charleston and Savannah on the um, east coast, Hawaii, America's Canyonlands, the Canadian Rocky areas, the Cape Cod Islands, and then in Europe you've got Spain, um, the Italian lakes, Venice and Florence, England, Scotland, Wales, northern Italy, Normandy, Brittany, Paris, Loire Valley, Ireland, Bavaria, Austria and Venice. So that's quite a whole range of great single itineraries, or not just, should I say, itineraries that will offer single travellers a much better a more competitive price than they've been able to offer before. So that's a nice introduction by Tauk to, um, for those solo travellers out there who always feel maybe they're, you know, suffering a little with having to pay so much extra to travel as a solo traveller. So and it's really interesting that there are more companies realising that this is in fact a yes. good thing to be offering. Yes. Single and even some of the cruise companies are doing this as well now, which is good to know because it always has been a bit of a deterrent sometimes if we can't find someone to share a cabin with or, you know, so now at least companies are a lot of companies anyway just check with your travel agent they'll be able to advise you those companies that who are offering at least some good single traveler opportunities for you so that you don't have to miss out like all of us that have partners you can travel as much as you like as well thank you for the great ideas sally lucas thank you jane and talking travel we'll come back and do it again next friday after the one o'clock news on 2 nurfm